0: a little over three years ago, I sat in uh, living rooms of many of the folks here in our congregation and the purpose of that time was to learn more about about fellowship, where we've been, where we are, where we're going. They were called uh, listening sessions because I I wasn't allowed to talk, uh, which is really hard for a preacher, right? Uh, But I had these questions that that were given to me to ask those little groups that met together and and I just listened to the answers and the questions were kind of like this. What do I need to know about fellowship? What do you love most about fellowship? What are we gonna do to reach people at fellowship? And why should we invest in fellowship? And so uh, after all those meetings we kind of took all those questions and we came up with some ideas that that would become our our mission, our vision and our values for the future. Our mission is is to make disciples, right, of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Our vision that we we came up with, our vision statement from that time was this idea that you've heard me say over and over again, this idea of sharing life together in Christ as an expression of 1 Thessalonians 2, 8, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. And the response to those four questions is kind of where we came up with some some values that we've been talking about uh, over the past few years. Values like connection, relationship, collaboration, ownership, commission, partnership, and celebration worship. We had this really cool graphic that was up there on the screen that kind of illustrates all this, just to kind of guide us. We, we have this in, in our offices, and, and it's kind of the backdrop for all of our staff meetings because we want to keep this in front of us to remind us who we are and, and who God's calling us to be, where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Uh, we've been living into these ideas as a, as a staff and as a congregation for the past three years, coming out of uh, our season of COVID, which we're still kind of in a little bit, but we were coming out of it last fall. And and so we decided to do this series called Fellowship Forward, where we were talking about vision, God's vision for us as individuals and as a community of faith, as the church. And and the way that I started that series last year, there was a phrase that I shared with you, and I I brought out my new glasses that I had just gotten, and I uh, shared with you this statement, and I believe this statement. We talked about how the church is the frame that holds God's vision in place so that the world can see God's presence through the lens of life together. And so we were kind of living into that. Last year, uh, this year, as we started this new series, we decided to do it again and and I think it 's important for us to talk about vision because uh, there's a famous pastor that always said vision leaks, and so you have to continually be pouring vision into into your life and into the life of your congregation and in, in any group that you 're a part of and so so we need to keep vision in front of us we need to keep talking about it so so we 're doing this series again this year, and as I was praying and preparing for this series, how To talk about where we are and and where we're headed as we continue to live into and live out that vision of sharing life together in Christ, there's another phrase uh, that I feel like God has laid on my heart that I wanted to share with you this year. Last year we talked about how the church is the frame, but this year I want to talk about how the church is the flame. The flame that, that burns with God's vision so that the world can see God's power through sparks of sharing life together. And, and and here's why I think this particular phrase came to heart and mind this year. Uh, this past week, uh, the staff and I attended a conference called the New Room Conference. Uh, and it's put on every year by my friend, J.D. Walt. Uh, you've heard me quote him a lot, right? You always, and whenever I quote him, I always say, my friend J.D. Walt says, uh, have you heard me say that before? Yeah. Uh, and my wife always says, "You better hope he thinks you 're as good of friends with him as you think you are with him in case somebody ever asks him and so uh, so this week at the conference I, I want to share with you uh, jenny and and Kathy were at a breakfast session with j d at the conference and and i just I'm, I want to tell you that he did confirm right jenny that that we are indeed friends and so uh, so so I can continue to say that so I just wanted to tell you that. Um, but what I really wanted to tell you uh, was about the conference. Uh, the conference is something that, that this organization does every year, uh, and it's about vision. Uh, but the vision that, that God has given them and the vision that they impart to all the church leaders that come to this conference is all about uh, revival and renewal and, and awakening in the church. And the theme for the conference this year was how to start fire. All week we worship together and we listened to speakers share about their experiences with the fire of the Holy Spirit breaking out in their lives and in their churches and in their communities. And we got really excited. And, and at the closing session of the conference, the staff and I gathered together and we, we prayed with one another and we anointed each other with oil one of the things one of the speakers said was that that anointing oil is kind of the accelerant uh, of the fire of the Holy Spirit. And so we we prayed and we anointed one another with oil. And as we prayed together, we asked for God to, to start a fire in our hearts and in our lives and in our ministries and in our families and in our, our fellowship family. And as we prayed, the, the image that, that kept coming to my mind during that prayer was this picture of, of a burning bush, like from the story of Moses. You remember that story of Moses and the burning bush? I wanna read it for you again this morning in case you, you haven't heard it or maybe you haven't heard it in a long time. This is this is the story of Moses and the burning bush. It comes from Exodus chapter three. I'm gonna read verses one through 10. So. Hear this God's word for us today. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave traders, slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So, so I want to kind of unpack this story a little bit for you this morning and give you a little little context around it. So Moses was a shepherd; he was tending his flocks in the fields of of Midian, uh, which is pretty far away from. Uh, Egypt. And this particular story says he was living in Midian, but the larger text kind of tells this story that that he was living with a lot of of regret, a lot of life experience, a lot of things that happened in Moses' life that had caused him to drift far away from the place that he started. If you know the story of Moses, he was born a a Jewish boy during the time of And reign of an Egyptian king who was exterminating Jewish boys And so through a series of of miraculous events That included the bravery of a few faithful Hebrew midwives God saves Moses and God places him in the the palace of of Pharaoh Who is the ruler of all Egypt Moses becomes a prince of Egypt Maybe you saw the movie, the cartoon, it was really good Moses became a prince of Egypt, but, but then through a series of unfortunate events, which includes the, him killing a, an Egyptian slave driver, Moses flees e- Egypt and he ends up kind of on the far side of the world, the, the fields of Midian. And Midian was essentially this wilderness, but it just so happened to be on the way to Mount Horeb, which just so happened to be the mountain of God, this place of worship for God's People And so one day Moses just happens to be tending his flocks on the far side of the wilderness near the mountain of God. When he sees something that, that stops him in his sandals. He sees this bush that's ablaze with fire, but, but even though it's on fire, it's not consumed. It doesn't make any sense. The, the bush is ablaze. It should have been burned up a long time ago. <clears throat> why is it still on fire? This this mystery is intriguing to Moses. And so uh, he kind of asks himself, the Bible says, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. He's curious. And so he goes over to see this thing that doesn't make sense, this thing that this bush that's that's on fire but it's not consumed it it draws moses in but what moses doesn't understand yet is that he's being drawn into the very presence of god and it's there that moses hears the voice of god and and it changes the trajectory of his life it changes the course of human history for god's people it it changes our our story because of what happened at the burning bush. And so <clears throat> so back to the conference, we're, we're, we're praying together and my prayer, with that image in my mind was was that God would, would make us a burning bush. That, that God would set us on fire ablaze. That, that fellowship would be ablaze with the presence of God, that we might be burnt up but not consumed in a way that, that people around us would see it and would be drawn to us, and not to us, but drawn into the very presence of God. And in the presence of God, like, like Moses, they might experience the power of God, that they might hear the promises of God, they might receive the proclamation of God to go with the provision of God to the people that God is calling them to go to. I hadn't said it in a while, but I feel like I can say it again now. The, the beautiful thing about stories like these, it's, it's not just that it happened, it's that it happens all the time. I believe that it can happen right here, right now, because guess what, friends? I believe fellowship is in a place where God just might be calling us To be a burning bush For those around us And you know what Oftentimes it it doesn't make any sense But it makes All the sense in the world When we think that God is faithful As I was thinking about Fellowship Over the past few days I was thinking about how like this story Fellowship has had its fair share Of both miraculous events And unfortunate events Fellowship has has burned bright With the light of Christ For many, many years But fellowship has also been Burned and burdened By the things of this world We we carry We've been carrying Some financial burdens we, We're carrying some Denominational burdens For the past few years We've been Burned and are still feeling the burn and the burdens of a global pandemic and political divisions and in the world and in the church. And on top of that, all the spiritual burdens that we carry every day as broken people living in a broken world. Amen? Amen? And yet, the undeniable truth of our story is that we're still here Maybe we're a little burned up But we are not consumed <laughs> Amen Do you believe that? At times We may have looked like a towering inferno At other times it may have felt more like a glowing ember There may be some who, who feel like the fire has gone out But the truth of the matter is that the light of Christ Has not gone out Among the people called fellowship. Amen. And I believe that God is ready. To fan the flames of faith. Afresh. Right here. Right now. In the hearts and minds. Of the people called fellowship. In such a way that God. Sparks awakening. And revival. And those sparks would shoot out. From our life together. To every corner of our community. God has done it before. And I believe that God. Can do it again. I believe that. That people from all around can see what's going on here and say I want to go over there and see that strange sight I want to see what's happening over at fellowship something is going on in that burning bush people's lives are being transformed in community people's needs are being met in the greater community people are sharing life together in such a way that that I want to get closer I want to see I want to have a better look at what's happening over there at the People Called Fellowship. God's done it before, and I believe God can do it again. Do you believe that? And my prayer is that when they come closer, that they'll take their sandals off because they'll see that the place they're standing is holy ground. They'll discover that this is a place, even more than that, this is a people where people can can not only leave their sandals, but this is a place, or wear their sandals, but this is a place where people can leave their sins at the altar in the hands of a loving God and a Lord and Savior that we know as Jesus Christ. And even beyond that, that this is a place where people can leave their struggles in the hearts and minds of brothers and sisters in Christ who care about them and who want to walk with them and pray for them through the hard times and through the good times of life. Because we're sharing life together in Christ. Are you with me? Do you believe that? That God has done it before and God can do it again, that in fact, God's already doing it right here, right now. So that wasn't at all what I was planning to say to you today. <laughs> but I truly believe that that's what God wants to say to us today. I normally have my sermon pretty much done by Thursday. I woke up Saturday morning and I didn't have anything because I just felt like God was, was doing something and I wanted to, I wanted to be obedient. And so I'm standing up here today shaking a little more than I normally do because I want to I talk about this in the right way. But I truly believe that God is doing something here and God wants to do something here, right here, right now. I believe that God is calling us to be a light to the nations and to be a light to our neighbors. Because that's where it starts I believe God wants to start a fire Right here Right now And all you need to do today Is you need to say what Moses said in verse 4 of the story Do you remember? He simply said Here I am Here I am That's all you need to say today That's all you need to know today. We'll we'll get into all the details over the next few weeks, so make sure you come back, and we're gonna talk all about what that looks like, but, but all you need to do today is say, here I am, God. What do you wanna say to me? What do you wanna do in and through me? You see, God is less concerned with our ability than he is with our availability. God can do anything. And yet he, he's looking for people who, who say to him, here I am. Even if I don't know what I'm saying yes to fully, God, I want to say yes to you. I want you to say, all you have to do today is say yes. Even if you don't fully know what you're saying yes to, do you know why? Because you know who you're saying yes to, right? That's, what, that's what the great, one of the great things about the story. Moses knew who he was saying yes to. He said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You're, today, you're yes. You're saying yes to the one who, who has seen the misery of his people and who has come to rescue them and set them free. The one who sent his one and only son to live and die and rise again so that we might have life, life abundant, life eternal, life together in Christ. We're saying yes to the one who sent the Holy Spirit as tongues of fire that rested on his disciples and it spread like wildfire throughout the known world. You're saying yes to the one who sends broken, imperfect people like Moses, like me, like you, to, sh- to go and share the good news of God's grace with those around us so that the gospel might spread like wildfire once again. Throughout the known world. And it starts right here. Because for the gospel to to spread through us. Then those flames of faith need to be stoked. In our hearts and minds. Before we can see our church as a burning bush. We have to see our lives as a burning bush. Does that make sense? See whatever has happened in your life. Maybe you've been burned before. Maybe there are places in your life or in your faith where you're experiencing burnout. The truth of the matter is, you're still here. You have not been consumed, amen? Your life is a testimony to the truth that even though life might be hard even though sometimes we get burned through it all god is faithful god's word testifies to this over and over again this truth of the burning bush i love this passage in lamentations chapter 3 the writer says i remember my affliction and my wandering the bitterness and the gall i remember them and my soul is downcast within me yet this i call to mind and therefore i have hope because of the lord's great love we are not consumed Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. In fact, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I believe God wants to start a fire in your life and in our life together. And one of the things I learned at the conference this week is that the first step in how to start a fire is to build an altar. And the best way to build an altar in our hearts and in our minds and lives is through prayer. Lee's gonna talk more about prayer next week, but this morning I don't don't wanna talk about prayer, I want us to, to have a time of prayer. In fact, I wanna invite you to maybe step out of your comfort zone, maybe with a little fear and trembling, today like your pastor, I wanna invite you to come to this altar and pray. As you're able and as you feel led, I wanna invite you to come and pray and what I wanna invite you to pray for is for a fire to start right here, right now. But don't pray for a fire to start at Fellowship, not yet. Pray for a fire to start in you and in me. Because if a fire starts in us, in our hearts and minds and lives, then there's no way that a fire can't break out here at Fellowship and in Murfreesboro and beyond, amen? God's word tells us that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ever ask for or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So I want to invite you to come and pray. If you'd like to be anointed with oil, I still have the the oil that they gave us at the, the conference this week, Connie brought it to me this morning, thanks Connie. If you'd like to be anointed with oil this morning, I would love to do that. Remember, anointing oil is like accelerant of the fire of the Holy Spirit. I, I've invited Lee and the worship team to to play a little longer this morning because it might take a little while if everybody wants to come and that's okay. If we run over a little bit this morning and you need to go, that's okay. Just come back next week. If you need to leave and go get your kids, that's fine. Then Michelle won't be mad at me for going over the service. We already worked it out, actually. But this morning, what I want to invite us to do is I want us to build an altar of prayer right here. Right now, and ask God to set it ablaze with the Holy Spirit so that we might see God's glory, so that we might become a burning bush in our community, so that others might be drawn to us, not necessarily to us, but to the presence of God. And in the presence of God, they might experience the power of God, that they might hear the promises of God. And receive the proclamation of God To go with the provision of God To the people God is calling us to go I believe that that Is how God is going to move fellowship forward So would, we, would you join me In praying for that this morning I want to invite you to stand And I'm going to pray for us And the worship team's going to lead us In a time of, of prayer And the invitation this morning is for you to come and pray. Ask God to start a fire in you and in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. God, I don't know what you want to do, but I know that you are calling us to a place of of deeper faith and deeper devotion and deeper trust. In you, not in our own strength, not in our own power, not in our own ability, but simply in our availability to you, God. I pray today that we would allow you to speak to us, to speak to our hearts. Lord, that we would create an altar that that you might set on fire with your Holy Spirit in our hearts today. So that our lives and our life together might start a fire in our church and in our community and in our world with with the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we offer ourselves to you in praise and in thanksgiving for all that you are and all that you have done and all that you want to do. We offer a prayer of praise and thanksgiving for all that, that we have been All that you have done and all that you are doing and all that you will do. God, we trust you. And we thank you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name and all who agreed said, amen. Amen. Would you come?